This TSN 1040 podcast is powered by Metro Ford. It's hard to beat a Metro Ford deal. In Port Coquitlam and online at metromotors.com. Nation Network Radio, powered by Shark Club Sports Bar and Grill. Don't settle for nosebleeds. Always get a front row seat at Shark Club. Your only destination for pregame, postgame, every game. Located minutes from the rink, corner of Georgia and Beattie. Come eat, drink, and talk a little trash. Learn more at sharkclub.com. Yeah, Nation Network Radio, in partnership with Canucks Army, John Abbott and J.D. Burke with you. We were talking about goaltending forwards. You can join us to have your opinion heard in the final hour of this program 604-280-1040 toll free 1-844-876-1040 email live at tsn1040.ca text us at 104040 pull questions up at tsn1040.ca that isn't what i'm going to ask jason botchford first however as uh, we are just so pleased to have this gentleman on with us it's an honor and a privilege Especially on this show to talk about uh, the Canucks now that the season is done. Jason Botchford on the line. Botch, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well, guys. Which, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big get getting me. Like uh, very few people get me on the radio, so <laughs> you guys are lucky. You wouldn't believe how lucky. many producers we had to get through to finally give up your number. Uh, it was uh, it was a lot of legwork. Well, I was busy all day trying to figure out where uh, trying to follow uh, JD's uh, uh, apartment hunting. <laughs> trying to guess like hey, where man. he was going. Did you afraid you did he was going to move too close to you? It's, maybe uh, it's it's going. Well, I think I might have found a place. Oh, look at you, eh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was floating oh. in here today, so I think uh, judging, I judging by his expression, he's ready to go. Uh, we're going to find okay. out where the Canucks are going. My first question to you, <laughs> Botch, is, uh, you yeah. know, sooner or later it's going to be, are you in or are you out with, with this team and how the Canucks assess the players moving forward? I can't tell if that's this season or this off season, or whether it's you know maybe in a year's time. Do you have an idea or a sense of when that'll be? Uh, in terms of um, like who's going to be around for the long run on the team? Yeah, as they as they move forward, you know what players if they've made a decision on the players that they have, uh, right? To form the next group type of thing. Is it right. as early as this off season, or would it be maybe in a year's time? Well, I, th- I think you, you need to start considering it right now. Like, I'm of the point of view that a lot of stuff that hasn't been on the table before should be on the table right now. Uh, this is essentially the same. You know, it's a very similar group that has had similar uh, performances and uh, over the past three seasons. Um, it it, it smells like it looks to me like a team that uh, is in need of a shakeup, is in need of some changes. And I don't think you, like, when you have the worst record or the fewest points in hockey over the course of three years, uh, and those three seasons come on, you got to be open. You know, like, you got to be open to a lot of things that otherwise you would be hesitant, uh, you know, about. And um, whether that means, like, looking at a potential Bertie trade, looking at a potential TANF trade, you got to assess where things are. Uh, and, like, there's no, I, I think it's a great time of year to do it because look around the league, right? Like, like, for, like, just take the Flyers, okay? Like, people have made the argument that Ghost could be in the Norris conversation. They've made the argument that Couturier could be in the Selkie conversation. They've made the argument that Drew could be the, in the Hart conversation. Look, and, and all of them have reasonable cases. They barely made the playoffs. They're like on, on the, this is not some great team. They barely made it. And they have three guys who at their positions could be stars. And they have lots of other guys that are helped. So, like, when you start to understand that, when you start to look at the Winnipeg Jets and say, okay, Kyle Connor basically matched 
what Brock Besser did in their rookie years. Plus, they have six other amazing guys. Like, the, the, the Vancouver Canucks, you, you, like, they're a long way away from being the Winnipeg Jets. So when you talk about their roster right now and, and what they should do in the offseason, to me, like, it's no, no better time than any to say, like, everything's on the table right now. Like, well, let's try to get as many assets as we can. You see how many draft picks are on that Jets team right now starting for them. Shows you how important that the draft is. Shows you how important to nail those picks are. Uh, and uh, so, you know, what does it mean for some of the guys? Well, like, for instance, Tanev, right? Like, I think from the team's perspective, they're more open to a Tanev trade than they've, they've, they've been in the past. I think part of it is the injuries, but that also in turn hurts his value. Uh, if, uh, if he's not going to be on the ice, how is he helping the Canucks? And, uh, and other teams are going to see him as a potential uh, buy low, take advantage of Vancouver. So I do think that they're in a tough spot on some of their guys, but I also think like they need some changes and this team will be driven. The motor that will drive the team forward will be led by Horvat, Besser, and soon to be Patterson. Well, we talk about some of the big picture changes and some of the change-ups that some fans perhaps want to see from the Canucks. Uh, something a little bit less controversial has been the status of Ben Hutton and what exactly is going to happen with him this offseason. I think a lot of people expecting him to be moved in a trade at some point. Do you think that the relationship between Ben Hutton and Travis Green is beyond repair and that the Canucks are going to act on that as soon as this offseason? I think it's best. I mean, I would I would never say beyond repair, but I would certainly suggest that it's best for both parties if he moves on. Uh, I don't think it's been a very successful season for him. I, I don't think uh, and, and anyone will say that. Uh, he was a better defenseman at the beginning of the year than he was at the end of the year. And um, that doesn't look good on him. Doesn't look good on the, you know, on the staff. I don't think it looks good on anyone. I think that if anyone needs a new start, a fresh start, another chance, it's him. Uh, I don't see where, you know, no matter how you break down this blue line, even the way it's constructed currently or the way it may change in the summer, I, I'm hard pressed to find a, to, to find uh, any path where he's in the top six to start next season. If he's not in the top six and he's getting two point eight million dollars, what's like, how does it make sense for him to be on the team? I, I think that they they will try to move him, and, and they should. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't, like, Green's, one of the things that frustrated Green all year, I'm going to frustrate a lot of fans, too, is that the team was soft. They're a soft team. They, they were, they are, and, uh, and that's going to be, uh, I know that that's something that Green really wants to change, and I think the Ben Hutton, for all the other stuff around it comes down to this and from Green's perspective uh, if you're going to play soft you better put up points he didn't put up points and so here we are uh, and there's a lot of other entanglements along the way didn't maintain weight when they asked him to maintain weight um, didn't stay on the, the whatever eating program they had him on uh, you know there's a lot of complexities here it's, it's a very layered issue and uh, and I do think that he'd be better off with a fresh start Nation Network Radio, powered by Shark Club, joined by Jason Botchford. Uh, I guess if the Canucks do move on from Ben Hutton, they're going to be obviously having an opening in their top six. Uh, that brings us to the question of how they're going to fill that opening. There's been some mixed messaging from the president of the club. Well, you're not in the top manager. six, though, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's not, a good he's, point. He's a seven right now because you go, uh, you go uh, Edler, Tanev, Goodbranson, Delzato, 
Pouliot, and Stetcher. There's your six. So he's seven. Yeah, that's a good point. But it does open up cap space, and that perhaps Canucks have no shortage of that. But would they look to go to the free agent market to look at somebody who could perhaps uh, provide some of what fans and, and the team expected from Hutton, which was offensive punch, uh, if they can't find somebody who can make the team tougher or harder to play against? Somebody like uh, a Calvin DeHaan or John Carlson, perhaps? Yeah, I absolutely. And, and I think Jim Benning, I asked specifically about, like, that's the biggest obstacle in regard to the team right now. How are you going to prove the defense? Green was very open, talking about we need more points. I think it was 113 points collectively from that blue line. And you got teams in the, the playoffs here that are getting 200 plus, 180 plus. So, uh, any, I mean, anyone can tell that that has to improve. And I asked them about it on Monday, and Jim said, yeah, we will look. We will look at free agency uh, as part of that. I, I do expect them. Uh, I think they kind of played it down on Monday compared to what they're really planning. Do expect, expect them to be, you know, active. But I, I think they will be playing in the shallow end of the pool. They will be. They will need to take. They will need to look at potential buy lows. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like Florida unearthed Marchessault. Like there are guys. Like in Vegas is unearthed like lots of guys. That, that were, were kind of um, not valued as highly as they probably should have been. So th- there is there are advantages in getting the, the buy-low guys. You just got to pick the right ones. Um, I would suggest last year they, they bought high. They bought high on Kanye. They gave him a third year. No one was giving him a third year. They gave a guy who was, you know, looked to be out of the NHL the year before, was coming off a career year, or almost a career year, with the, the 50 points on that fourth line in Columbus. That was a buy-high. Took a chance on Delgado. Delgado's been a healthy scratch wherever he's been. I think that they're better off. Like, a guy like Dahan is a perfect example. Like, he's better than he showed this year. Shoulder injury, all of that. And, I, you know, I've read some comments from him fretting about his situation in free agency. That, that's, an, that's a perfect target to me. Like, that's the kind of part of the, the free agent pool that they'd be playing in. There's one twist with Dahan, though. He has the same agent as Ben Hutton. And uh, I don't think Ben Hutton's camp is too pleased with the Vancouver Canucks. Um, but, uh, but, but I think that those are the type of players they should be looking at and will be looking at. Yeah, Ottawa area guy is uh, Calvin DeHaan, so that makes sense with the uh, the agency front there. Uh, Jason Botchford from the province, province.com, and at Botchford. I don't think we need to tell anybody the Twitter handle, but we will anyway. Uh, as much as we circle the, the blue line as the most likely spot to incur change, Botch, are you in the camp to add a piece down the middle up front, or would you rather see a chance on Patterson, Gaudet, etc.? Well, I think they have to. I, I don't see a center. I don't see how it's going to break down center-wise up front. I think they see it that way. I think that that'll be one of their priorities, trying to get a center. Um, I'm at a loss to explain how it's going to work behind Horvat. Horvat's going to need help, right? Like, you know, the screen was very open all year. I don't expect any, you know, every time we ask. I don't expect any offense out of Sutter. Erickson's not scoring. What's wrong? Well, he's playing with Sutter. We, no one can score with Sutter. Okay. That's 17 minutes a game where no one's scoring? Like, Well, and then, um, yeah, Botch, that's the thing. The other you, team is scoring. You go down the list here. <laughs> so so if you're not playing, if you've, Gagne's a winner, fine. But then yeah. your center options are Gramland, Gons. Not good, not good enough, not good enough. Gaudet, don't know. So that then that's this is the uh, connecting the dots, which leads people to guys like Bozak and um, I think Bozak's camp, um, you know, reading the tea leaves. They believe the Canucks are uh, going to make a bid, and I expect the Canucks to be in on that. They're, they're going to need someone. Someone's going to have to play. Like you just can't. It's too much. 
too much. It's too much on Horvat. There's too much missing offense without the Sedins in the lineup. Um, I think a lot of people now have said that they they want Patterson, you know, around the team, uh, in management. Brian Johnson. There's been several people that have said, you know, Patterson's going to be better starting out in the NHL on the wing. That's fine. But um, they're going to need someone to play with. They're going to need some offensive-minded type player. And um, it's actually a pretty sweet, you know, spot. I mean, it's not great. They're obviously not going to be a great team. They're not going to be seen as the primo landing spot. But you, you can't expect. Like, you, you, so you've got... Like you can read the way Green's going to deploy that center that they acquire or try to acquire anyway. And uh, when you see the tough minutes that Sutter's playing, I think J.D. was telling me he's among, was among the, the league leaders in, in D-zone, percentages of D-zone starts. So there, there is a spot, like the Sedins, I think Henrik was 70-something percent percentage of offensive zone starts. He was at the top of the league. So those are the shoes that you'd be filling in. That's, that's a pretty good spot for center, the offensive-minded center. So uh, it's not the worst spot in the world, but they're, 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 they're going to need someone. They're, they're, gonna, your team is going to have to have some offensive punch backing up Horvat. Otherwise, Horvat's going to be in a world of trouble. Well, one thing that uh, a texter to the show brought up was, could the Canucks weaponize their cap space to bring in somebody like a Jason Spezza from the Dallas Stars to fill that role one year, seven and a half million? I won't ask you about that situation specifically, but can you see the Canucks making some moves this offseason to weaponize their cap space to find assets in futures where they might otherwise might not be available? Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Uh, I think I mean, if they're if they're a team in Vancouver and they've got the attendance that they've had and they're like ten million dollars under the cap or more, and they're not doing things like that, uh, there's going to be a lot of criticism. Uh, certainly, uh, I think that uh, I think that they're open to the idea. I think that they would look for overpaid players that they they think can play. Maybe Spezza. I've been throwing out Brandon Sod. I've been talking about him. I think he's 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 a great example of what I'm talking about. Uh, a player uh, after a down year, Chicago a little bit down on, but I mean Chicago gave up a ton to get them, so I'm, I'm not sure how open they are, how willing they are to move them, uh, what it would take to get them. But his contract does look high for what he brings, but he's still he's a really good player who would help the team. So when I think when they think of weaponizing cap space or that kind of when they're framing it, I think that they're thinking, okay, like who's a good player? on a potentially, you know, contract that looks kind of bad. And, and Todd would be a guy, Bukestad, who's available out of Florida. I think that that'd be another guy that they'd be interested in who kind of fits what I'm talking about. So that, I'm, I like where you're going with all that, Botch, because they need more skill. And uh, I'm with you completely on that. How do they fulfill what you mentioned earlier, which, you know, as it applies to Travis Green, that's getting a little tougher to play. It's maybe a little grittier. How do they fulfill that? I'm not sure. That That's going to be uh, – but, I mean, you can find grit. Like, you can find – like, you can, I, it's not that hard. It's just a matter of picking the right guys, guys are, that are going to uh, produce it. Um, uh, they, they don't have a lot on the team right now. I think Godet – I think Godet's plan – I think he's, his plan is to put on some more weight in the summer. Like, he's got the attitude. He had some pretty significant uh, hit. He had a couple really nice hits uh, in the games that he played, five games that he played. I think that, that he's going to be an upgrade in that department. I think he, they're gonna, they'll look to bring in another, another guy like that who can play, who can skate, and also can provide that kind of play. And, um, 
and they'll look for someone to fill that Dorsett Archibald. I, I don't think Archibald did any did himself any favors in terms of winning the job for next year down the stretch here. I'd actually be surprised if he gets a contract. He just he just didn't he didn't he didn't provide like he he started out doing it at the you know at the beginning. Um, we just didn't see the big hits from him. We just didn't see the big contact. We just didn't see you know there was moments over the course of. Uh, First of the months he played there, we had opportunities to stick up for teammates and do that kind of stuff, and you just you didn't see it out of him. So I think they'll look to upgrade Archibald. Uh, I think they'll look to get more of that type of play from Godat, and they'll bring someone Godat-ish uh, in, I think. One player I didn't think I'd ask you about was Brock Besser, but you have a, a piece in uh, the province finding to nail down Besser, who was in Minnesota because of wrist rehab. Uh, is there any concern there, Botch? He doesn't seem concerned. It's uh, the same risk he had uh, surgery on, and uh, he got the uh, he got an injection this week, and he won't be able to move the wrist, be immobilized uh, for a month, and um, and after that, he's expecting a full recovery. Uh, but I do I do think that that kind of ties into one of what what is sure to be one of the big off season topics, and that's his uh, his contract extension. From interestingly, like. The Canucks are anxious, seem anxious to kind of get it done this summer, and his side seems uh, on the opposite, like let's wait it out, which was kind of Horvath, uh, their group stance on it. They wanted to wait as long as possible. And uh, and I don't know, like I'm, I'm just in the process of looking at all the uh, recent, uh, you know, top five, top six rookie scorers over the past, you know, five, six, seven years and what they did the following year. And there's not a lot of guys that had a big jump. There's, there's some guys that stayed, there's, in fact, teams most, most common is kind of staying similar in the second season. Uh, There's certainly some guys that dropped off. And if you break down Besser's season, he went on a 28-game run where he scored 19 goals and he had a shooting percentage over 20% in those 28 games. And um, and then the other uh, 34 games, um, he scored 10 goals. So, um, you know, I, I would tend to wait. I would tend to see how the wrist reacts and how healthy it is next year and what happens and um and if he blows us all away like he blew us away this year like i you know a lot of people in the organization thought that a great really good better year would be around 17 goals and um and on december 19th uh against Kerry price which uh, he calls his kind of goal of the year that one-on-one play uh, that was his 18th right so uh so i think the earth moved in terms of expectations with him uh, I think that that earth started moving the, the hat trick November 4th against the Penguins and it carried on from there. But, um, but if I were the Canucks, I, I'd wait it out. Like I'd, I'd wait, I'd, I'd wait another year and I'd say like, do it again. Like, let's see, let's see this happen again and uh, see what he can do. But as far as healing from the wrist being a hundred percent, he thinks this summer, not only a hundred percent, he thinks the wrist is going to feel better than it's felt in a couple of years. So you got to take his word for it there. Nation Network Radio, powered by Shark Club Sports Bar and Grill, joined by the province's Jason Botchford. Uh, Botch, I got one last question for you here, and it's about somebody on the opposite end of the age spectrum for the Canucks. Uh, Alexander Edler. There was a lot of talk uh, about whether he could or would or would not waive his no-trade clause, and now he's in the final year of his contract. How do you see the situation playing out as the Canucks get nearer to the trade deadline? 
Yeah, I think the question may um, may not have been asked properly up to now. Like, I think that the real question is whether or not the Canucks are willing to go to him and ask him to waive. And so far that they haven't been willing to do that. They've never done that. Um, so uh, I'm not entirely sure um, that people know what his answer is going to be. But you're right. It's going to be a big question for the team. He's a phenomenal, like, he's, he's, he's a really good underrated defenseman, has been for a long time, has probably hurt from, from that uh, super unlucky and, and also bad year he had under torts. Uh, that didn't do any favors. Um, but he was he was an offensive bull again. And down the stretch, when they sit, went 6-1-2, and two, guess who was playing 27 minutes a game like it was the playoffs? And that was Alex Edler. Um, so he brings a lot to the table. Um, I think that uh, think that over the course of the year, considering he's on an expiring deal, he'd be a candidate to move at the trade deadline. Uh, and that's if the Canucks don't re-sign him, and there are no plans to do that right now. You're right; it's going to be a major topic, and the Canucks are going to have to confront something up to now they haven't been willing to confront, and that's going to him and asking to waive because what's best in the big picture for the team? Well, the best in the big picture is probably when the team's out of it to move Edler for some pieces, and and um, and and I would think. They would be significant pieces when you talk about him and if he can have a season anywhere close to what he's got right now with the 34 points because uh, there's not much. You know, when he's on his game, there's really not much he can't do. Like, he can help a team in all different areas. Um, I think uh, probably best on a second pairing. But he was, I mean, he's been a part of a legit top pairing with Tanev at points over the past couple of years. So uh, uh, I think that he's a guy that would have tremendous value. He doesn't have the uh, the kind of uh, faults that Tanev has in, in, in that he's been able to stay relatively healthy. He plays a ton of games, and he can shoot minutes for you. And I think that he would be a tremendous help for any team in the playoffs. Botch, get out, enjoy your Saturday, and we'll talk to you every week from here on out. Thank you. Okay, good. <laughs> Jason Botchford of the province, province.com and uh, at Botchford. Look him up. Provies, everyone knows the deal. Fantastic stuff on a game-by-game -game basis from Botch, but plenty of articles and submissions throughout the quote-unquote off-season Already has one up on uh, Besser, on Louis Erickson, of all people. Didn't feel the need to uh, hammer away, chip away at big number 21 during that segment. But uh, Botch has it covered in the province as well. And uh, some good fun there. As We finally got him on. Good to speak with Botch. And uh, I'm sure he'll join us again. That was uh, the handiwork of J.D. Burke. Uh, we have to skate. Chantel Chan has the update coming up to keep you up to date with all of the playoff hockey moving about. We'll continue to talk about the Vancouver Canucks and moving forward. Their hope is to get into the playoffs. Don't know if that'll be next year, but more specifically, the roster that will uh, grace the ice next season and how many young guys, how many spots are up for grabs with you until 5 o'clock, Nation Network Radio, presented by Shark Club Sports Bar and Grill on TSN 1040. Nation Network Radio, powered by Shark Club Sports Bar and Grill. Don't settle for nosebleeds. Always get a front row seat at Shark Club, your only destination for pregame, postgame, every game. Located minutes from the rink, corner of Georgia and Beattie. Come eat, drink, and talk a little trash. Learn more at sharkclub.com. Yeah, Nation Network Radio, in partnership with Canucks Army, John Abbott and J.D. Burke with you. On the heels of a... Botchford interview, plenty to chew on. 
from Jason Botchford. You can reach out to us if you'd like, 604-280-1040, 1-844-876-1040. Email live at tsn1040.ca. Text us at 104040. With you until 5 o'clock. <clears throat> Nation Network Radio. On the, on the topic of Alex Edler, will he wave? Is this the swan song of his Canucks career? Does he go on to join a playoff team at the end of this upcoming season? And his point totals. Botch mentioned how much Edler was playing down the stretch to finish the season. I mean... 30 minutes a night is a ton of ice time for a guy with as many miles as Alex Edler, but that just speaks a little bit to where the Canucks D is without Chris Tanev again, who was hurt. G and Abby writes in, just imagine Edler's point total if he didn't constantly look off Besser on the power play. Norris worthy. Bit of a joke there, too. I don't know, I don't know if it's the inside joke anymore, but... We can all have a laugh at that. G and Abby, very well done. And yes, if it's Edler for the entire year and Besser with his newly, I don't want to say newly repaired, newly healed wrist and everything's in tow, let's hope there are no more look-offs. That should be an automatic thought. Mm-hmm. Besser, spot, hit him. And let's move those forward. <laughs> let's move forward. But let's dial it back for Adler because his is a situation that certainly won't arrive until the trade deadline. Be very shocked if anything happens before that for Alex Edler. On the other hand, TSN1040.ca poll question: Canucks must sign what RFA? Bearcheat, Granlund, Pouliot, all of the above. Wouldn't be surprised if all are back. Wouldn't be surprised if two of the three are gone. Your vote is to keep Pouliot. I'm a little unclear as it. Relates to the center ice position and who's playing on the wing. I asked Botch at the beginning of the last segment, have we reached the stage of you're either in or you're out with this Vancouver Canucks club? You're part of the movement going forward to help produce a quote-unquote new core or part of the new vision, any of the catchphrases you want to go along there, or you're out. Organizations made a decision, whether it's because there's an overload of players, there's contract on the line, maybe don't want to pay up the amount of money it needs to re-up somebody. I don't think it's this Somehow my gut tells me it's not this year, it's another year. Like, would it shock you if a lot of the same players that finished this season are back next? It wouldn't, to me. Probably not. So for that reason, I, I think there's still another year of evaluation. And it, I hope it is sprinkling in the likes of Patterson, Goddad, Dolan. If it's not all three, at least one of them. If it is all three, there is a move that has to be made. And that's not even considering they might sign a UFA in the offseason as well. So I do think there will be moves to adjust the roster, but I don't know if it's that clear line in the sand, you're in or you're out. I think that could happen in a year's time, meaning 1920, not 1819 in next season. JD, if you are moving players out, what are the Canucks looking for in return? So if it's Delzato, if it's Hutton, 
if it's Granlund, if it's Berchi, if those are names that end up on the trade block, what what should the Canucks be targeting? Well, I, I think it depends on which player you're talking about. Like, if it's a Sven Berchi, you look at a situation... Like, let's say Ryan Hartman, for example, gets a first-round pick. Berchi has a better scoring profile. He's certainly had, historically, a better two-way profile. Not a perfect comparison because of the cost associated with Berchi's contract. It's not the trade deadline, but I think it's not too outlandish to suggest that Sven Berchi should at least be able to fetch the Canucks a late first-round pick, perhaps even an early second-round pick. I think that's something that they can realistically look to as a bar that they set if they decide to move on from from Sven Berchi, and frankly, I've been making the case for why that might be in their best interests for a little bit of time now, and I think a lot of it comes into play with Berchi's age, the fact that his contract could exceed what his true talent level contributions are, uh, just a lot of conflating factors there that I don't think play in the Canucks' favor. And the fact that he does have cost control means that whichever team signs, or sorry, trades for Sven Berchi means that they have the first right of refusal at the negotiating table to qualify him alone only costs $2 million. The only real kind of setback there is the fact that Berchi is also eligible for salary arbitration, which kind of plays into the argument for why they might be looking at moving him, or certainly they should consider it. Uh, if you're looking at somebody like a Chris I just look at some of the historical returns for defensemen of that quality, and I say to myself, why can't the Canucks get a first and a B prospect or a blue chip prospect in a second? I mean... You look at Toronto right now and the way they're struggling so far. It's very early in that series. You think if they go down against the the Bruins and their defense plays a big role in that, they don't look to add a defenseman? See what you can get out of Toronto for Chris Tanev, and I don't think there's any reason why they can't be able to get either a blue-chip prospect or a first-round pick, something to really help move this rebuild forward. A name that got brought forward is Calvin DeHaan. I'd love to pick your brain on that as we continue here. But uh, first to the phone lines, Elliot from Ladner. Elliot, good Saturday to you. Thanks for joining Nation Network Radio. Yeah, hey boys. Uh, I listen to Botsford there, and he's always eccentric and funny to listen to. But uh, uh, a, a great interview as well. Um, but the way I see it, you know, like we're we're going into this season, and most of these guys that you guys have named off, like the, the Ben Huttons and uh, you know all these players, they're really not worth a whole lot on the trade market, and you're really not going to get much. And, Tanev for a first rounder is wishful thinking. It's just not going to happen with his injury history, his lack of production up front, uh, you know, on the points, etc. Great defenseman, sure, but he hardly ever plays, right? So I think their their best route is, uh, and looking at the 2019 draft in Vancouver, uh, is to, to let some of these guys play out and see what we can get at the, the next deadline. I don't think there's going to be a lot coming this summer. There's nothing that they can really drastically do to change the shape of this team at this moment. But what I found interesting from Botsford's interview was he said we, that the coach wants more physicality, more size. You know, uh, And you know Jim Benning's track history with big players. He loves big defensemen, etc. But uh, there's a guy by the name of Quinn Hughes uh, probably going to go around that 6-7 spot where we're going to end up. Are they going to pass on a guy with that much skill because he's a bit smaller? That's, that's the intangible that I look at. Elliot, 
I'll let JD respond to some of the uh, comments you made prior. I will pick up on the Quinn. I love Quinn Hughes. Oh, I got love all the Quinn time Hughes. In the world. And so the first time witnessing him live was at the World Juniors. Uh, you know, some have been on the fence as to his performance there. I was not on the fence. I thought it was terrific, even though uh, the U.S. bowed out a little bit uh, early, considering they were defending champs. But uh, it, you can, you, you certainly have to weigh your options, and we don't know yet which ones will be there when the Canucks select. But if you're willing to take a chance on a, a true puck-moving defenseman, J.D., again, you work so diligently every year to put together a draft class. Where does Quinn Hughes rank for you right now? I, I have a hard time keeping him any lower than second overall. Uh, and, and for me, it's just as simple as this. If you like Philip Zadina and you think he can be a first-line forward, well, I'll counter with the fact that I think that Quinn Hughes is such a dynamic skater. He's got so much offensive skill. And even defensively, having watched University of Michigan, he really seemed to get better as the season progressed. He's going to be a first-pairing defender. And which is of more value to the Canucks? Which is of more value to any team? If you're trying to get a first-line winger for a first-pair defenseman, the other team is going to be throwing something into that pot. And for me, it's always about accruing the best asset base. It's not about filling positional need, any of that stuff. And for me, Quinn Hughes is the player behind Rasmus Dahling who best fits that bill as somebody who can help this team fill their asset base. And he does help fill an organizational need too. I mean, that's not worth ignoring. It's just that he's such an excellent player in his own right that you can argue for him at second overall without even getting into that consideration. So great call from Elliot. Really appreciate your contributions to the show. And you have to hope that, uh, oh, by the way, Jack Hughes is coming up the pipeline as well. He's a, 2019. He's a forward and could be a very special forward. So the Hughes family, uh, Jim Hughes, if you don't know, father, uh, Somewhat of a legend in the uh, Massachusetts area. Former player, former coach now as well, and uh, former management, so he's done it all. And uh, two of his boys could be high, high picks in the next two drafts. You hope Ole Levy perhaps turns a corner. And I can't help but watch these playoffs and Matt Dumba and filling some of the minutes that Ryan Suter's left behind and where Dumba has seemingly leapt to in such a short amount of time the wild must just be head over heels with how his game has progressed and you hope that Yulevi has a similar path in some ways to Dumba I can remember people being unhappy that he was picked so high and had a bit of a slow start he was up and down American Hockey League NHL and yet here he is in the postseason and when Ryan Suter is missing, who are you looking to fill his minutes with in all those key situations? And it's been Matt Dumba. And I know the Wild have had a tough go here in the two games against the Jets. But, you know, you hope Ole Levy comes around like that if you're the Vancouver Canucks. But Ole Levy and Jack Hughes, or excuse me, Ole Levy and Quinn Hughes are two vastly different players and skill sets. And to take a an opportunity on picking a Quinn Hughes... I think would be very high on many teams' list. I have not heard it too overall. Quickly to another defenseman of note, we I promised I'd ask you about Calvin DeHaan. So what, what JD, perks your interest tying the Vancouver Canucks to Calvin DeHaan perhaps? 
Well, I, I think on the surface, it looks like he struggled a lot with the New York Islanders last season. But if you were to go back even a year prior ahead of the expansion draft, uh, a lot of what the Islanders did was to protect Calvin DeHaan. It was a equal parts offloading the contract of, uh, what's his name, not Greg Renko, uh, Grabowski. I almost forgot that for half a second. Trying to offload the contract of Gabrowski and protect Calvin DeHaan. This season, even with the Islanders' defensive struggles, if you look at his relative statistics, he's in a top pair uh, in terms of how he helps his linemates control shots, in terms of how they control goals, expected goals, and his offensive production, it's worth noting. It looks a little bit lower on the surface, but when you adjust for how much he played at 5-on-5, he's putting up points at a top pair level. I still like Calvin DeHaan. I think there's a lot there. And if the Canucks are smart, this is exactly the type of buy-low move they'll look to make to try and improve their fortunes as early as next season. DeHaan, 12th overall in 2009, left-hand shot, Islanders defenseman, both Botch and J.D. bringing up the name of the Carp Ontario native. Leadership core will be discussed when we come back. Nation Network Radio talking about the Canucks as they project into next season. Presented by Shark Club on TSN 1040. Nation Network Radio, powered by Shark Club Sports Bar and Grill. Don't settle for nosebleeds. Always get a front row seat at Shark Club. Your only destination for pregame, postgame, every game. Located minutes from the rink, corner of Georgia and Beattie. Come eat, drink, and talk a little trash. Learn more at sharkclub.com. Yeah, Nation Network Radio, in partnership with Canucks Army, John Abbott, and J.D. Burke with you. As we hope to round out the NHL playoff coverage on a weekly basis, Today, had a lot of fun talking about the state of the Canucks and how they move forward. We'll finish the poll question on tsn1040.ca. Put a wrap on that as well. Canucks must sign what RFA? Berchi, Granlin, Pouliot, all of the above. Results on tsn1040.ca suggest all of the above at 36%. And I suppose that fits with maybe not expecting too much of a change from the Vancouver Canucks or liking the fact that all these players maybe project to a group that could move forward in Vancouver. But 36% of you saying all of the above. Uh, Berchi was the next closest at 29% uh, is as to what RFA the Canucks must sign. And, of course, there are others. But Vertanen and Stetcher, I think, are likelihood or more likely to be closer to automatics. And so we left them out of that poll question today. Thanks for voting. You can always find us on tsn1040.ca if you missed any part of the show as well as on iTunes. That's right. Rate, review, and subscribe. It helps uh, the show to grow and find new audiences. And I'm also going to be posting a recap of this week's show on CanucksArmy.com where tonight you can find excellent post-game coverage of the Utica Comets including the debut of Jonathan Dolan from Canucks Army's own Corey Hergott. One game away from the Comets getting to the postseason and it looks like the Toronto Marlies is the team they'll draw which... Uh, who have been so dominant in the American Hockey League could be a great test off the hop for some of the players like a Dolan, like a Lynn, like a Demko, like a Goldobin, who are making up the Comets roster these days. Maybe Levy, we'll see, but uh, very interested and excited about the American Hockey League playoff run. Yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting time of year for Canucks fans. I think this is definitely one of the most prospect-deep teams they've ever had. And uh, you know what? Don't write them off against the Marlies because the Comets are getting all these additions of really high-end prospects at the end of the year. 
it's looking like a pretty good team at this point. Best three of five, so that's a little bit of a wrinkle in the first round of the American Hockey League playoffs. Uh, thanks to those who joined us, not only contributors to the show, but interview guests as well. Jason Botchford and Corey Hergott as well. Chantel Chan doing a wonderful job each and every time we have her lawn spoiled on this Saturday yet again. On behalf of J.D. Burke, I'm John Abbott saying thank you very much for joining us. Nation Network Radio is back next Saturday, 3 to 5 on TSN. 1040 presented by Shark Club. It's just here for the beer radio with Joe Leary coming up next on TSN 1040. This TSN 1040 podcast is powered by Metro Ford. It's hard to beat a Metro Ford deal in Port Coquitlam and online at MetroMotors.com.